G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Jenny Stokes from Salt Shakers joining us. Hello, Jenny. Welcome back to 2020. Good to be with you, Neil. Jenny, it's interesting that when you think of governments all around Australia and, uh, you know, personalities at the head of governments, well, sometimes we look at Victoria, we shake our heads a little, and I know that you've got some concerns there. The Victorian Labor government, led by Premier Daniel Andrews, uh, apparently intent uh, on really destroying some of these things that make the fabric of our society. Well, that's right, Neil, and certainly over the time since they were elected in the last couple of years, uh, really they've put forward a whole lot of um, initiatives, they would call initiatives, that really promote what we would see as a, an LGBTIQA, we seem to get in, getting more initials these days, but certainly promoting those rights. So we've import, um, appointed a commissioner for gender and sexuality, a, a minister in the government for equality. And so some of these things, and then those positions actually drive policy as well. But certainly most of, those, most of the things that they've done, like adoption for same-sex couples and other things like the Safe Schools Coalition Program, have all been part of their policy prior to the election. In fact, some of them are election commitments. And a couple of the ones that we're actually dealing with at the moment were actually promised before the election. So it's really important for everyone, uh, whether you're, you're in Victoria or not, to actually understand what the party policies are before we actually go to the election booth. Uh, this but, is important, isn't it? Because uh, when we talk about that, that was a policy that the government took to the election. So they have a mandate to fulfil the election promise that they made. And so uh, really there is no, uh, you know, why are they doing this? It's not like a broken promise. This is something they intended to do all along. Well, that's exactly right. And certainly with this religious freedom one, we would say it imposes on religious freedom. It imposes on all freedom of people to uh, to actually employ who they want to employ. So over many years, we've seen discrimination laws say, well, you know, you could have the right person, the best person qualified for the job. But as uh, Vicky Jansen said at a briefing we had, a very good briefing we had in Victoria this week on this particular proposal for religious freedom, she said the standard recruitment policy is to find the person who's the best fit for the organisation. And that doesn't necessarily mean academic qualifications. So you might have somebody who's got a Master in Business Administration and applies to be, you know, sort of applies to a company for sort of an operation uh, operational role. But maybe the person who hasn't got that Masters of Business Administration qualification actually works in with the people, knows what's happening, has the ability to do the job and actually is a better fit for the organisation. And certainly I've got uh, personal experience of somebody in that position now. Um, and yet, you know, to, to actually say, well, it's all based on qualifications is really quite a flawed position. What's happening in this position, and uh, certainly a couple of the speakers, Mark Jury and a barrister called Mark Snedden, actually pointed out that what's at risk is freedom of association. So in this case, Christian schools or religious organisations, charities and even churches, if they haven't, if the position doesn't directly deal with religion, like perhaps being a religious education teacher, then they would have to prove to a 
the Equal Opportunity Commission and then perhaps to the tribunal, VCAT, the Victorian Civil and Administrative Tribunal, they would have to prove that it's what they call an inherent requirement of the job for the employees to have certain um, characteristics. And one of those is religion itself. So for a Christian school where all employees are all part of the ethos of the school, um, even including the receptionist, the gardener and the maths teacher, um, that the, every person at the school is part of that ethos, is part of the Christian um, principles. And if you are then somebody says, well, I'm, I'm Muslim or I'm an atheist and I didn't get the job, and I'm saying it's actually based on my religion, then they could actually take the complaint if this passes. They could take the complaint. And it's up to the school then to prove that it's an inherent requirement of the job that the employee should be a Christian. And also, as well as the idea of religion, you've actually got the idea of um, some of the moral uh, principles. And the ones that are covered there are sexual orientation, uh, marital status and gender identity. And they're things at the moment that Christian organisations or religious organisations generally can, we would say, discriminate on. They can choose to have people that fit with their beliefs rather than having to, say, employ somebody who's an active homosexual in a position as a gardener or a maths teacher if that's, you know, certainly against the principles of the school and of the religion. Now, that bill is coming before the Legislative Council next week, as I understand it, so early next week, and it is time to take action. We'll tell people how they can take action in just a few moments. This other issue, uh, gender and birth certificates, also uh, to be discussed next week. Well, that's right, and certainly... Um, you know, when you look at what's been happening over the last 10 years, or we've been looking at this for 20 years, and uh, in fact, we actually were going through our archives as we're preparing to, to clear our storeroom, and we found the homosexual paper that actually had the headline called Toilet Tactics. And this was from a paper in the year 2000. So 15, 16 years ago is when the Victorian government passed their first part of the legislation that we're now considering the next phase, if you like. And certainly what we've seen right around the country is most states now have legislation that allows people to change their birth certificate, if they ha- mostly if they have sex reassignment surgery or if they're on hormones or they've had some step down the track, if you like, to trying to change their, their gender. They would say gender. Now, birth certificates have always recorded the sex what sex is the baby at, you know, when they're born? Okay, so male or female, that's been it. And so that first phase of the legislation that we fought back in 2000, um, because that's what the homosexual press were reporting on, um, and, and the thing there was actually about the you know, t- girl saying, in fact, Peter wrote a little poem, and it was like, Mummy, Mummy, there's a girl in the... Ma- a boy, sorry, Mummy, Mummy, there's a man in the girl's toilet. And it was like, that's okay, the other government says that's all right. And certainly that's really what we're facing at the moment. Um, On the bigger picture of changing birth certificates, which is actually part of the same thing, what they want to do is to actually allow people to change what they're now going to call gender on their birth certificate to be anything they choose that's a descriptor. It could be non-binary, it could be uh, gender neutral, it could be androgynous, it doesn't have to be just male or female. Um, It can be anything they choose so long as it's not obscene. And the particular criteria is that they can change that without having sex reassignment surgery, without being on hormones, without having counselling, and they can do it once every 12 months if they choose to do that, which is really quite amazing. (laughs) Well, Jenny, of course, there's lots of ramifications from that, and uh, we need to have a longer and deeper discussion to be able to get into some of those. But, uh, But actually, if that whole gender... 
issue with birth certificates changes, uh, there are some, some significant change that will happen in the whole of society. Well, that's right. And so if, if somebody, we already have a situation that says, well, if a person decides to change from male to female and they've had the sex reassignment surgery and different states have various versions of this law, whether they actually have to have the sex reassignment surgery, like operations. Um, but if that's changed, then there is no record legally um, of what they used to be, so of what they were born. So a man says, well, I've changed to a woman that's changed on their birth certificate. There is no record of them being the previous sex. Um, and yet, of course, we know that doesn't actually change their chromosomal um, definition of what makes male and female. We know that. We're going back beyond what science has now established as male and female to say, actually, we're changing that to be what people want to be. And um, it makes a bit of a nonsense of, of what reality actually is. Uh, lots more to be said about both of those issues. But these two bills, one is called Births, Deaths and Marriages Registration Amendment Bill 2016. The other one, Equal Opportunity Amendment Religious Exceptions Bill 2016. These are coming before uh, Victoria's Upper House next week. And uh, when you say, Jenny Stokes, that you'd like people to take action... How do people take action and just how urgent on the scale 1 to 10 is this for people to actually be in touch with their, uh, with their member today? Well, I think that's one of the things we've always encouraged people and we've been going for more than 20 years and we always encourage people to be in touch with their member of parliament. And, you know, if, if you know them when they get elected, if you build up a relationship, then it's easy to get on the phone or to write them an email to say, look, you know, Joe, I'm really concerned about this bill that's coming up. Can I, can I pop in for, to have a chat? Um, if you haven't done that, then it makes it really difficult. And if you're only contacting them when we've got a problem, that can be difficult. And, but it is important that they actually hear from their constituents. So we always say that if you're dealing with a bill, in this case, the Legislative Council, so in Victoria people have five elect members of the Electoral Council and it's quite a big area so it's often difficult to call in and see them, get to know them. But we can write those emails to say, look, you're a member uh, representing me in the electorate and this is my concern and I'm asking you to vote against this bill. The problem is that it's already passed the lower house. So the Labor government's committed to it. It's already passed the, Labor the lower house with Labor voting for it. Um, and so it becomes very difficult. We have got an opportunity in the in the upper house because Labor don't have the numbers. Uh, the Liberal and National parties have committed to vote against it, which is a great thing. Uh, in fact, committed to vote against both of these bills. And so um, it often it actually comes down to what are the independents or the small parties. We know that the Greens and the Sex Party vote with Labor, and you've got a couple of the Shooters and Fishers um, who are very much on side with the Conservative line of thinking. And that it actually, that leaves one man um, who was elected as pretty much an independent um, on local jobs down in the Western Victoria district. And it may actually come down to what, what he thinks on the issue. So it's a, it's a really important thing. But even if your you know, members are ideologically committed to this, it's still important for them to let, to you to let them know that actually there are people who oppose that. Now, Jenny, so, just quickly, that one member who holds at this point the balance of power on whether uh, these very significant issues will change for the state of Victoria, uh, his name, James Purcell. That's, that's right. And so, you know, what we don't need is for people to be, you know, 
rude or impolite. So it's always important to be polite and courteous, and you started with that, which is a great point. Um, if you live in Western Victoria and you're in his electorate, then it's vital that you actually contact him as your own member. Um, they often get so overwhelmed with people from everywhere writing that we don't actually encourage that. But, but if you've got people that you know live in the Western Victoria area, you can che- they can check that let, let your friends know, um, people that you've got contacts with in that area, you could encourage them to actually do that. If you live in the area, of course, we'd encourage you to be in touch with, um, in particular with, with James Purcell, but um, we, we need to be contacting all our MPs at the moment. Okay. Well, uh, you can get the details about what's going on in Victoria when you visit the Salt Shakers website. There'll be uh, good information there that will arm you with an understanding of what's happening in the state of Victoria, understanding uh, what it is to change gender on birth certificates, understanding what it is uh, when it comes to these issues of freedom of religion. Saltshakers.org.au. Jenny Stokes, always good getting your insights. Thanks so much for being with us again today here on 2020. A pleasure, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.